Then you will truly be successful. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. To those who love God, keep God's word on your lips. To those who are called, meditate on day and night. According to Be his purpose, to do purpose. it's his purpose, not mine. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all work together for the good, together. the good, to those who love God, keep God's word on your lips, to those who are called, according to his purpose, purpose, it's his purpose, not mine. It's day 34 of our 90 day challenge and we are in the book of Isaiah. The topic for today is the road less traveled. Isaiah 43, 1 through 19. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious, honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Lead out those who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. All the nations gather together and the peoples assemble. Which of their gods foretold this, proclaimed this to us, to the former things? Let them bring in their witnesses to prove they were right, so that others may hear and say it is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me, there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed, I and not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians and the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord your Holy One, Israel's Creator, your King. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget 
the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And that ends our reading again for today. Our topic is take the road less traveled. When I grew up in my Pentecostal family storefront church, I remember aspiring to greatness and to become great one day. I wanted to lead worship in wonderful spaces. I could imagine myself invoking people into the presence of God. I saw myself traveling the nation to share this glorious gift of worship with the world. But I think at one point I got a little bit distracted. I started to assume that God's promises were connected to people, platforms, and positions. But when we look at scripture, we see one singular promise that is consistent throughout the entire Bible, and that is this, his promise is his presence. Look at Joshua, for example. Joshua's life mirrors the heart of worship. Joshua has been in the shadow behind Moses's leadership for 80 years. And when he finally becomes the leader, and he walks into the promise. He only leads those people for 20 years. He dies at 110. My question is, can God trust you to be in the shadow longer than in the spotlight? Because when he is the goal, then truthfully, you don't know the difference between the shadow and the spotlight because all you really want is him. As I was discerning next steps about whether or not I would go to a certain school as a kid, I was fearful that God would be with me here, but not with me there. I'm sure you've often had that same dilemma. If you go here, will God be with you? But if you go there, will he leave you? But Joshua 1 and 5 tells us something that you need to remember. It says, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. Joshua 1 and 9 confirms that, and he says these words, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I wanna encourage someone who is trying to decide between one decision and the next. You're blessed in the city and the field. You're blessed in the north and the south. The question is, are you pursuing his presence or are you pursuing something else? My friends, my worship leaders, those who love the Lord, I want you to be reminded of this truth. God's promise is not in a platform. His promise is not in a person. His promise is not even in a position. His promise is his presence. And as long as you have his presence, you have everything that you need. So I decided to combine the lesson that we learn from Joshua, namely that God's promise is God's presence with these words that are so powerful, they cannot be ignored in the book of Isaiah. I will make a way for you in the desert. Behold, I will do a new thing. God is doing a new thing. And new doesn't always mean comfortable. New doesn't always mean fun at first. New automatically means you are put inside of a space where you have to trust God. 
And I believe that there are some people listening to this purpose thought today and trust is the only option you have on the table. You've tried to do this on your own and God is saying you cannot do new without me. The book of Isaiah is one of my favorite books and one of the most prolific prophets in the Old Testament because Isaiah is known as the eagle eye prophet. He is called the Jesus prophet because a great majority of his prophecies are infatuated with Jesus. Take, for example, Isaiah 53 and 5. Isaiah 53 and 5 says he was wounded for our transgressions. Who is the he that Isaiah is talking about? That's Jesus. He goes on to say he was bruised for our iniquities. Y'all, that's Jesus. By his stripes, we are healed. Go ahead and put it in the chat. That's Jesus. And in another chapter, another verse, one of my favorite verses, Isaiah 9 and 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You got it. That's Jesus. All of these are attributes that speak to the beauty and the breadth of our Lord and Savior. But if you zoom in and read Isaiah's words with an English teacher's perspective, you will realize that many of his verbs about Jesus are written in the past tense. Wounded, past tense. Bruised, past tense. Healed, past tense. All of these verses speak of Jesus as if he had already come. But according to the chronological calendar, Jesus hadn't entered the scene until 700 years later. Isaiah predates Jesus by 700 years. So what is that about? Very simply, Isaiah's words prove to us that when we are looking at our lives from the prophetic vantage point of God, everything we hope for has already happened. In short, it's already done. That means my body is already healed. My children are already saved. My debt is already paid. My pain is already fixed. It is already done. So when I see the world through God's perspective, what I need is already supplied. So he is doing a new thing, but the new thing is old to God. This new thing that you're stepping out to trust him with, it may seem like it's brand new to you, but it is old news to God. And when we rest in the reality that God goes before us, that God takes the lead, that God is the loving parent that ushers us across the street while holding our hand. We are never afraid. Why? Because he, the Lord, is with you. You don't have to worry. He's with you. And when God is with you, he is more than the entire world against you. So, Sean, what does this have to do with purpose? What does this have to do with passion? What does this have to do with assignment? I think God wants to let you know that you are called to the road less traveled. You have never been the status quo, regular, mediocre, anything. When you were in elementary school, there was uniqueness on you. When you grew up and went to college or trade school, there was something unique on you. You have been different for all of your life, yet you're trying to fit your life within the confines of something that is standardized. God's doing a new thing. 
The question is, do you trust God to walk with you and talk with you and take you to this next level? When we do not trust God, we cannot see God in the decisions that we make as it relates to destiny. And when we cannot see the decisions that we make in line with destiny, we repeat old habits, we repeat old patterns, and we get stuck in our old ways. Speaking of stuck, I'll never forget an interview that Oprah had with Ayala Van Zant. She talked specifically around her upbringing in the projects. Ayala lived in the penthouse at one point in her life, but she came from the projects. So despite how much money she made, she lived the same way when she was wealthy as she was when she was poor. She walked into wealth with a welfare mentality. She didn't know from her own words how to manage money because all she was taught was how to live paycheck to paycheck. She told Oprah that she would get checks totaling millions of dollars but would find herself broke overnight. Her patterns were poisonous. And even though her scenery had changed, the poison still remained. Ayala didn't know how to separate her old season from her new season. And I wonder if we can relate. I wonder if we really need to remember that purpose is not about a person, a platform or position. That purpose is about God's presence. And as long as God is with you, God will take you to the next level. But when we don't accept that truth about purpose, then we struggle with separating our BC from our AD. What are the poisonous patterns that keep infecting your future? God wants to do a new thing. In fact, he's already begun it, but we keep bringing old furniture into our new residence. God offers us chance after chance to start over, but often the very things we say we would never do again, we find ourselves doing again because we're afraid to take the road less traveled. Most of this has absolutely nothing to do with other people. We've been blaming the wrong culprit for too long. It isn't that the man that you're interested in is mean or that the pastor that you are serving under is controlling or that the friends that you have around you are jealous. No, most of our problems are self-imposed. Quite simply, we don't know how to give new things a chance. Have you ever found yourself in a new relationship and before the first date is over, you're making the new guy pay for what the old guy did or the new girl pay for what the old girl did? Ever found yourself at a new church but you begin every sentence with, well, that's not how we did it at our old church. What if God is bringing a new team of influences your way so that you can live the way you were always intended to live? You're in a new day. He's making ways. Let him. That means God has given you the grace to start over. Let him. You can decide right now, this is the last time I'm going to bed angry. Decide it. You can decide right now not to max out your credit cards ever again. Decide it. What God wants you to know right now as it relates to your purpose is that you have the power to make a new choice. God is doing for us today what he did for the people during Israel's time. He's setting the stage for a life of joy and peace. Which door will you walk through? Notice how the surroundings don't change even as Isaiah is prophesying about this new thing. But the mentality changes. 
I want to say it again. When God prophesies a new thing, stop expecting the new car smell to show up in your life. What if God is saying that the main thing that needs to be renewed is your mind? Because when my mentality changes, how I see the world also changes. God has promised to make a pathway in the wilderness and to cause streams in the midst of wasteland. God doesn't take away the dry heat and God doesn't replace it with a resort, but he gives you a new perspective so that you can manage life inwardly despite the situations outwardly. Today, I want to encourage you to do the new thing. New looks so good on you. And you can actually change the current of your life and those around you if you give new a try. Once depressed, isn't always depressed. Give the new thing a try. Once inferior, isn't always inferior. Travel the road that others will not. Keep the car clean this time. Keep your spirit free this time. Get straight A's this time. It's a new day. So embrace it and give it a try. You give life, you are love, and you bring light to the darkness. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. So we cry out today, great are you, Lord, because it's your breath in our lives. So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. It's yours, God. It's yours, God. All of our worship. Come on, poor church. All of our praise, it belongs to you. We freely give it to you. Great are you, Lord. 
I feel the glory of the Lord rising. Come on, say. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones I got a reason to say it. That there's nobody greater. Greater your Uh, on bad days, I will. I'm gonna raise my voice and say that there's nobody greater.
praise. We pour out our praise. What I love about when she broke the alabaster box, the Bible didn't say she opened it. The Bible says that she broke it, which means she had no intentions on taking anything home with her. <laughs> she said, listen, I, this is all I have. And all I have, I come to pour it on the feet of Jesus. Can you just do me a favor? Lift those hands wherever you're watching from. And listen, don't save anything for the next moment. The next moment will carry itself. But can you just lift up your hands and open up your mouths wherever you are? And just begin to look, break your alabaster boxes. Just begin to open up your mouth and begin to pour, begin to worship. Begin to, begin to open up and break your heart on him today. Father, we lift our hands to you and we cry out that you're great and mighty. That there's nobody like you in all the earth. Who is like the Lord? Nobody. There's nobody like you, Jesus. So we come into your presence with singing today, God. We come into your presence with our hands lifted high today. Yeah, 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 yeah. 